Dean Jardim, the last class, the last day of the MBA program, she looks at all of us in the room and says, look, here's the scope in her own beautiful British way and said, if you go to work for someplace and it's not a fit mm-hmm. for who you are and who you be, yeah. you will never be successful. You can be brilliant at what you do and have the most incredible skill set for what they need. Yeah. But if you don't belong there, you're going to be miserable and you're going to fail. Hey, this is Achim Novak, executive coach and host of the My Fourth Act podcast. If life is a five-act play, how will you spend your fourth act? I have conversations with exceptional humans who have created bold and unexpected fourth acts. Listen and be inspired. And please rate us and subscribe on whatever platform you are listening on. Let's get started. I am just delighted to welcome Andy Lyons to the My Fourth Act podcast. Andy is a four times business founder, a startup champion, a podcaster, the marvelous live stream host of Startup Live and co-host of Boston's Founders Live Pitch Event. Andy is committed to championing diverse founders' voices. She's passionate about helping startup founders of any age maximize the joy and minimize the heartaches of their startup journey. And let me add, Andy is just a radiantly wonderful human being. Hello, Andy. Oh, Akeem, don't stop. Go on. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me today. I'm delighted to be here. And of course, spending time with you anytime is pure deliciousness. Thank you, Andy. And listeners, you can tell that Andy and I have met before. I uh, both respect and adore this guest. Oh, right back at And I want to start with where I start every podcast, Andy. And I actually have never heard this from you. So when you were a young girl or teenager growing up, who did you want to be? Well, given the role models for me were stay-at-home moms, Uh I was very confused. I just naturally went toward creating and moving and pulling things and deriving and directing myself. So there was no... There was no, what did I want to be? I just wanted to lead. I wanted to be involved. I wanted to be on purpose. In high school, I came, was on, quote, the ski team. It wasn't a varsity sport. Mm-hmm. And when I was only 15, I said, oh, no, no, we need to make this a varsity sport. We need respect here. Okay. And so <laughs> I met with the powers that be, not only at the school, but throughout the Merrimack Valley, because there was a very active ski league. Yeah. And by the time I ended my junior year, we had a varsity sport where everybody was able to earn letters. It was amazing. So that was just one of the things I did. I was a volunteer at a suicide hotline and drug hotline. You know, Doing all these things were self-directed, but I didn't have anyone in my life that said, oh, here's where you need to point that. I grew up in a very sheltered, what we like to call old Yankee home here mm. and uh, environment. And so all my role models were playing tennis and golf and country club. And yes, you got your four-year degree, but then you got married and had kids. Yeah. So it was a challenging time. I'm struck. What, what I'm hearing is that there was, from a young age, what I call a little go-getter spirit and darn it, let me do this. Do you have a sense of where that came from? Was it just there? Did you ever yeah. question it? 
I, it was questioned in my, again, very waspy old Yankee family. Yeah. <laughs> Watch, quiet, you, enough. <laughs> so I think it was in my DNA after, you know, decades of exploring and then my husband hopping on Ancestry.com, I came to learn that <laughs> I have a lot of that in my DNA. I was just blessed to have it all come together in this perfect way. But instead of going off to college and Really, it came both my parents. My dad went to Colgate. My mom went to Skidmore. This was in Mm -hmm. the early 40s, right? Mm -hmm. Um, None of their children went to college. That tells you something about what was going on, right? And it was, you know, we all looked good. And boy, were we great at all the right things, horseback riding, skiing, and all of tennis and golf, but and great manners. But, you know, having a purpose in life that just was not encouraged, especially as a woman. And I didn't go off to college. I was accepted, but I didn't like where I got accepted. (laughs) So I went off and and had my Wonder Bread years. And those of you you who are in your fourth act, you know what I'm talking about, the Mm -hmm. Wonder Bread commercials, right? Where you grow in 12 different ways. I had six very life harrowing years and came back and restarted. That girl, you know, needed a lot of healing and a lot of love as I matured and the adult woman came forth. I came back here to Boston. I went to secretarial school, right? Catherine Gibbs, anybody back in the day, right? Went to work for actually founders. I went to work for entrepreneurs as their exact assistants outside the door of remarkable business owners with companies with 50 plus folks working there. And I call those my uh, startup boot camp years because I got yeah. to see like how do departments run and how does the CEO lead and how do they finance all of this? And it was wonderful. And that night I went to school. I went to Northeastern night school and started to build you know, my undergraduate degree. And then after I met my darling man, the greatest gift in my life and all my dreams wrapped mm-hmm. up that came true, um, I learned that our local college here in Boston, Simmons College, an all-women's college, Yes. Two deans from Harvard Business School, PhDs, have been teaching at Harvard Business School forever. They started an MBA program for women in Mm -hmm. 1974 because they got tired of hearing, seeing, and watching the few women who were at HBS, Harvard Business School, uh, in the classroom ever being heard, right? Being just you know, mowed over by the guys in the room. And they launched this wonderful MBA program for women. And what they realized is women don't always get the best start in life. Yeah, And they had 1% of their accepting you know, class uh, matriculating were what they called the non-traditional student. Mm-hmm. I got in without a full undergraduate degree, but let me tell you, Akeem, it wasn't because of my GMAT scores. Because they told me not once, but twice, Mm -mm, we don't accept students with GMAT scores this low. (laughs) Andy, I just have to share this with you. When I went back to graduate school in my 40s, as somebody who didn't grow up in an American school system, I was terrified of the friggin' tests you have to take to get in. And one of my decision points was I went to an interdisciplinary graduate school program at NYU where you were admitted based on life experience and not these stupid test scores. <laughs> so I totally relate to what you just said. Let me add two more things. I happen to be very familiar with Simmons College because I spent many years working in the corporate world with female professor there who I adore, Indra Gertler. So I have great reverence for Simmons College. 
What also strikes me about your story, um, and I want to link your story to our fourth act audience, because sometimes people are done with corporate life. They're in the 60s or 70s, but they think maybe I should start a little business. You know, why not? I want to do, I don't want to work for anybody else, but having a business would be great. So let me get to you. What strikes me about your, your journey in life is that you started for businesses or startups, as you say, instead of working full-time for other people. What were your inner levers that went, shoot, I want to do my own thing. Would you talk about that? I would be delighted to, <laughs> because I've been unemployable since 1992. I salute you for that. Thank you. <laughs> I fell off the wagon twice, but that's another story. Here's the scoop. You know, and, and this is this ties into the MBA program yeah. because Dean Jardim, the last class, the last day of the MBA program, she looks at all of us in the room and says, look, here's the scoop in her own beautiful British way and said, if you go to work for someplace and it's not a fit mm -hmm. for who you are and who you be, yeah. you will never be successful. You can be brilliant at what you do and have the most incredible skill set for what they need. Yeah. But if you don't belong there, you're going to be miserable and you're going to fail. Yeah. And so what did I do? I said, oh, that's great advice. Wrote that all down. And then I went into <laughs> banking. <laughs> but I went into banking for a strategic reason. Yeah. I knew my resume needed to get shored up, especially this is 1989, right? And I knew that I wanted to do crunch numbers on every single industry. I wanted to learn how a bank thought. So it was a very bumpy ride for three years. I got the skill sets I need. It had, it, and I might have stayed there, even though most every day was very difficult. Um, but I did get bounced under a very dramatic circumstance. So I became what I called the reluctant entrepreneur. It was never my intention, even though it clearly was an obvious thread of who I am to just take charge and start making things happen. But to tie into your question for fourth act, why not start a business? You have an extraordinary amount of lived experience. Mm -hmm. It doesn't necessarily need to match up in the perfect founder market, meaning you, know, you don't have to go ahead and do what you've always been doing. Every single one of my businesses came to me as a stray cat at the door howling until I let it in. I had no founder market fit for College Broadcast, our first business where we raised over $8 million in VC funding during the dot-com years. Um, for my food business, oh, heck no. Mm -hmm. But you know what? There's just so much that you've learned and lived. And this is why mentorship is so important. You don't even know what you've learned and lived sometimes until you go and you start a business and you start tapping into these areas of yourself. You're going to say, holy smoke, you know, especially your fear of uncertainty, especially some of the personal development aspects of launching a business. It really... It's so rewarding. And I believe that's why we have such a huge amount of folks over 50 that have become entrepreneurs. Yeah. I'd like to talk about one of your businesses as sort of in, under the microscope, because I first met you when you had a marvelous business called Bring Back Desire. Desire is an allusion to sexuality. You are a marvelous front person for this business. And I think in this business, you dealt with the highs of the business, the incredible joys, but also experienced the challenges and frustrations. So if we use this as a template, 
what are some of the joys, rewards that stand out? And what are some things that might've been challenging? Because we, we learn from both. That's right. Well, everybody, Bring Back Desire was a playful, tasteful 21 plus website. <laughs> and I launched it after yeah, I turned 50. I have to tell you, as a woman who had been with her darling man year after year, I understood and with children and all the things that can take a really strip a woman of any desire for sex. Mm-hmm. I also knew that it was an important component, not just for me, but for the relationship. And it wasn't about would turn my husband on. It was what would turn you, the woman, on, knowing what is your desire and understanding what techniques I had figured out along the way and Mm -hmm. thought maybe there'd be a solution to help other women. So my target market was, of course, over 50. And what I quickly found out in my wonderful professional development world here in Boston and community was like, oh, hell no, you're not doing that, are you, Andy? Come on. You're going to ruin everything. And I really said no to this business. And trust me, I did a business plan pitch. When I launched the business, Akeem, Mm -hmm. I used a business plan competition we had here in Boston. Help me understand, you know, this is when I first thought of the idea, it was 2008. So blogging was just happening. Online was just happening. I had to figure out what did that look like? And I used the business plan competition folks as a way to force myself to figure it out. Well, I came in the semifinals and I called the professor who was leading the charge and said, no, 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 I don't, I mean, put someone else in. I'm talking about orgasms, right? I'm talking about (laughs) clitoral stimulation, things like that. And this is Boston. I mean, puritanical galore. (laughs) And she's like, no, we love this idea. And I've got two phenomenal female founders to help support you and mentor you. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that was terrible. And um, they still talk about the pitch to this day. The room was filled with VCs and really top level folks in Boston's healthcare and legal and other worlds. (laughs) (laughs) You could hear crickets when I was done, but I had to figure things out while keeping, as you said, my name and my face at the forefront. So I finally launched the business in 2011. And I'm telling you, I laughed every single day because there's so much tongue in cheek that you can do. And I will just maybe give everybody a little laugh right now, which is one of the questions I would get a lot again from my female friends over 50 would be like, well, what does your husband say about what you're doing? And I say, (laughs) oh, he loves it when I bring my work home. (laughs) Wait. You know, but we had to talk about serious topics as well, because, you know, folks were turning into roommates and sharing their life and then wondering why affairs were happening. We had to talk about why you wanted to stay tuned in and turned on. The hard time was, you know, just trying to get people being willing to hear and wanting to talk about this and struggling with how to keep it uh, in the right tasteful, playful tonality was the best branding exercise I could have possibly done for, again, keeping Andy Lyons professionally on Twitter and at Bring Back Desire on Twitter and keeping those conversations happening. I did a lot. You guys can go just do Bring Back Desire on YouTube. You can see all my fun videos talking about, yep, you got it. Um, But it really did help people. I would say under 45 crowd, they were all about the vibrators, everything. They knew what I was talking about. It was great. But the over 45 crowd, I think I should have actually, in hindsight, um, probably geared it more toward men 
who wanted to then have these conversations with their wives or, you know, you send the guy into the porn shop to get the good stuff. And, you know, the women are still under the umbrella of, you know, not feeling comfortable talking about what turns them on or exploring what turns them on. So bring back desire had a really great run. It was tons of fun. And I got to tell you, not only did I laugh a lot, but helped a lot of folks get tuned in and turned on. Which is a gorgeous tagline. Thank you. And and I hope what our listeners are hearing, and this is what I'm thinking as I listen to you, is you pursued something that you were passionate about, that you could easily have talked yourself out of. You got lots of signals to not do it. But Rebel Andy said, damn it, I am meant to do this for now because you are a serial startup person. And it had its run. I appreciate the complexity of experiences you alluded to when you do a business that's perhaps a little taboo to some people. Yes. But you feel very strongly about it. Yeah. So it just like, you know, when, when I talk about startup life and all how hard, you know, the struggle is real, we can still enthuse it, infuse it with enthusiasm. You know, it's the same ability to do that um, regarding sex, regarding intimacy, regarding, you know, well, what are you going to do to stimulate that part of your brain? Because the biggest sex organ is between your ears. Yes. It's a mind game. Yes. A word from your sponsor. That's me. I invite you to go to the website associated with this podcast, www.myfourthact.com. You will find other equally inspiring conversation with great humans. And you will also learn more about the, the My Fourth Act mastermind groups where cool people figure out how to chart their own fourth acts. Please check it out. And now back to the conversation. You just mentioned Startup Life, which is your current venture, and you are a very active, visible champion for diverse entrepreneurs or startup founders in the Boston area and beyond. What also strikes me about it, I'm 66, that at my age, I have learned to really embrace being a mentor. I mentor people more, I've stepped into it, I naturally enjoy it. And what I see with you in this, container that you have, you're able to draw on decades of wisdom and serve younger startup founders. Could you just talk about what you love about doing what you're doing right now? Oh, thank you so much. You know, I launched Startup Life because I was witnessing some really tough you know, business advice online. Also, when I launched it, I became a mentor to local accelerator programs that mm-hmm. were volunteer, Mass Challenge and Entrepreneurship for All. There are several things that I loved doing. First of all, as a seasoned founder, I was able to hold up a mirror and say to the first-time founders, look, look what you have done. Mm-hmm. Because the glorification of entrepreneurship yeah. is filled with unicorn bro culture mm-hmm. vibes. Yeah. I feel that if you get something launched and people buy it and you feed your family, it's a win. Yeah. If you get something launched and folks are, you know, repeat purchases are happening and then maybe you're feeding the community too. What? 
And if you're so uncalled and you happen to want to go and scale and get to be 50 million, 500 million, or go into the unicorn thing, wonderful. But so often these first-time founders are coming into the place as an employee mindset, and they have to make that shift into being self-directed. And that includes having a mentor who can say, look what you've done and add perspective because Mm -hmm. there are so many mistakes that you're making every single day. It's so easy to just go, oh my God, what was I thinking? Get me back on payroll quick. And mentoring for me allows me to hold up the mirror, but it also, you know, just some really simple learned lived experiences that I've had that I can add value. And folks, you don't have to be a seasoned founder like me to do this. You can be at a wonderful gig for 30 years or in an industry working for a a large fortune 500 company, your lived experience adds value no matter what to someone's life. If you're thinking of mentoring, I highly recommend it because it's the gift that keeps on giving and you have no idea what that ripple effect is going to have, but it's huge. I just so appreciate you for celebrating lived experience. You've used that phrase a few times. It's gorgeous. And part of my job as I age is to fully own it instead of discard it. The other thing I think of when I hear the word mentorship is we give back, but we receive a lot from the people that we mentor. Would you just, Andy, talk about what do you get back from the people that you have the privilege of supporting and mentoring? Well, other than their love and adoration for the rest of my life. (laughs) I think that was emotional blackmail. (laughs) (laughs) Just seeing them grow, watching them take your advice or not taking your advice. I mean, let's face it. If you've had kids, you know that mentoring sometimes is not being attached to the outcome, right? And knowing that maybe what you're saying now isn't going to be heard, but down the road could be, or someone else could end up saying it and it'll get cemented in. But it's just watching them, whatever that journey is, be more fully expressed in who they are. And what you do is you get that, you know, back at you like a hundred times. And also, even if they choose to just ignore your advice and think you're the worst thing that ever came across into their life, you still know that you have added value. And there's just, there's just something that's so intangible about that, yet so meaningful about it as well. My thought was, as you were speaking, is there are so many levels to being in relationship actually with ourselves and with those that we mentor. It just is such a rich human playground, isn't it? Right, right. And, you know, the teacher within can come to the surface, the Mm -hmm. mentor, you know, loving someone through whatever it is they're going through and not making it about you. And it's just, and of course, it upped my game in my mentorship because it was in the startup world. I became an even better mentor as a result of mentoring and sharing mentorship with other mentors and learning from the other mentors, as well as the folks I was mentoring. It's just, there's, you just do not lose. You only gain from mentoring someone based on your lived experience. One of the things that I have admired about you, Andy, since I've known you, and it's especially pertinent hearing about your childhood a little bit today, stuff I didn't know is I see you as somebody who very boldly steps into being 
a public person. You are a performer in the best sense. And I mean the best sense. You are amazing on video. You are great on stage. You have a, an infectious energy and spirit that I have a sense you consciously channel. And I have a hunch you've chosen at some point to play. I call it bring out the bigger version of Andy in settings where it serves you. If I misrepresent this, please correct me, but talk about that for a moment. Well, and again, we'll go back to the childhood. When you grow up in a Yankee home, it's like you're, and especially during the time period, you know, post-World War II, where in the economic climate and landscape I grew up in, you know, you were quiet, you were not to be heard, and it was being a good girl was everything. And so for me to embrace a side, I am a flotation device. Mm-hmm. People don't want flotation devices usually. You know, you can push mm-hmm. me down and I can, I've had really horrific things happen to me in life, but it just, I just bubble up. I float back up. I'm like, woohoo, it's life. Yay. <laughs> and that, that can rub folks the wrong way. And so one of the things I've learned to embrace, and thank you so much for asking this, Akeem, is my own personal nature, which is Andylicious. Yeah. And so when I branded myself several years ago with Andylicious advice, Andy, everything is framed within the Andylicious. <laughs> and it's fun when people say, I need some Andylicious, and it comes back. It helps you filter out those who shudder when you share that, when they look at you and that you are just way too upbeat for me, baby. That's great. I'm not here to to be caged by you know your thoughts. You move along and find those that you resonate with. I'm here to vibe with my tribe. And so part of that journey, and again, folks, you know, sometimes we see folks nailing it by the in their 20s or 30s. And you think, how'd they figure that out? How are they just so fully expressed so young? My journey, and we cannot compare ourselves with others. My journey has taken me decades to get where I am today. Comfortable on video. I love that you think I'm comfortable on stage. I'm still like, give me a beta blocker for the stage thing. But on video, I do well. But being able to truly share this without feeling ashamed right? Without trying to hold back, without worrying about, is this going to be okay with you if I'm a little vibrant? No. If it's not okay with you, God bless you. That's wonderful. Go find someone who, you know, you feel you can resonate with more. But those of you who have held yourself back from what is intrinsically who you be, Mm -hmm. I invite you to step out and not worry about what everybody else is thinking and come into who you are you know, pulling back the layers, whatever that looks like, because you will find folks who are going to love that even more about you and learn from you because of that. I so appreciate the phrase vibe with my tribe. I like the poetry in it. And I want to just play with that for, for any of us, because part of the beauty for me is getting, as I get older, is I trust myself to vibe more I think less about how God, what are they going to think about me? All the things you just said, if it feels right, it feels right. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But when I give myself permission, more moments of genuine vibing happen with other people, don't they, Andy? Yeah, they absolutely do. You know, one of the things I've noticed, maybe those tuning and listening in have felt this too, is that as we age, (laughs) are a lot more careful about how we spend time. Yes. And with whom we spend time. Yes. 
in order to filter out folks who are not going to add value and end up just frustrating you, (laughs) it's even more important that you show up, whether it's personally or professionally. And, you know, to bring this back, if, if anyone's thinking of launching a business, think about that with your business as well. What's the language? What's the vibe of this business? And what's the vibe of the folks that you're going to serve? So I know that you are in a good place in your life. Your husband, Chet's in a good place in his life. As you look forward and you had to think about, these are some things I'd love to do even more of or have more of. This is something I'd like to do less of. Phrase that. What comes to mind for you, Andy? Well, I got to tell you, what comes to mind is how hard I've worked. (laughs) For decades to that, like, oh my gosh, I've achieved what I wanted to achieve here. Now I am reveling in here. And this is really the first time I haven't been like working with somebody on trying to achieve a dream. Again, I'm a very driven person and things didn't like fall together easily in many stages of my life. And so there's always been another uh, level that I've always wanted to go to or a really tough obstacle that I've had to face to overcome. And I don't believe in having everything all at once, right? Everything, you can have it all, but maybe not all at once is okay. And so for me, I'm just reveling like what I have figured it out. I have this live show twice a week, Startup Life live show, Mm -hmm. where I get to amplify diverse founder voices. My core value is enhancing others where I get to create community and connection and celebration, keeping that moving forward, reaching more people, you know, would be wonderful, especially in underserved communities around the world. We live in very rich startup support communities here in Boston and San Francisco, but, you know, and then continuing to dissolve the expectations that come with numbers called age. So often we can get caged by our age. People will do it, whether you're 17 or 77, people are going to cage you by what they believe and we can do it to ourselves. And so dissolving that limiting belief. And especially if you grew up when we were growing up, you know, Mm -hmm. retired life was where it was at. I have no intention in retiring. That's just inconceivable to me. You know, I want people to understand that Life is not a race or a competition. There is no time limit on pursuing a dream. There's no expiration date. And until you take that last breath, there's such an opportunity for you to do and be more of who you are if that's what you're seeking to do. So for me to be fully expressed right now while enhancing others and putting a spotlight and mentoring first time founders while you know live on the show. And of course it's archived, so it's evergreen. And also I'm healthy. What? Yeah. I know who I am. Like my brain works. What? Right now, you check back with me. Maybe I'll get bored. And in a year, I'll be thinking <laughs> of doing something else. But right now, it's like, thank you, God, for this day. And I hope I get many more. So beautifully expressed. What came to my mind? Because what I heard is this reveling here and now and not chasing, not pushing, not driving yourself nuts. A listener might think, that sounds great. And I do want to start my own little business, perhaps. I'm worried that that's going to create stress. I'm going to be chasing. I'm going to not have that beautiful vibe. Andy, we're just talking about there's a potential tension between those two. What advice would you have? Oh, boy, I hear you. 
believe me, you don't see me hiring about 10 people and scaling. I have no interest. I know how many hours a week I want to work and be involved. And I know what my boundaries are. And believe me, you can create a business that will add value that, and depending on your financial condition, you can hire folks to help implement and execute while you bring in your brilliance. And I just interviewed Jenny Levcourt, Mm-hmm. who knew this about herself. And this was a hugely successful female founder in the dot-com days yeah. and works for a very well-known VC firm, Freestyle VC firm mm-hmm. right now. And she is all about the lifestyle. Yeah. So you can figure it out. You don't have to have the stresses that you might've wanted to have. And you don't, when you were younger to really build something really big, you can build something that feels right because you have you have life there's not this weekend there's not this 7 days a week 365 days a year it is living and so when you're building a business where you know you're adding value and you're maybe you're bringing a product or a service to the world you can do it your way yeah because we want you happy you can create value you can create income under your terms, because you may wake up on a Monday and say, I'm headed to the beach or I'm headed over here. I'm going to just stay in bed. That's okay. Don't let old beliefs tell you that that isn't okay. You wake up another day and you're ready to conquer the world. Wonderful. It's a Tuesday or it's a Sunday. Just, Mm -hmm. it does not matter. It's a day that you get to live again. Amen, sister. I'm with you. I want to wrap up with a question I, I like to ask all of my guests, even though I feel like you perhaps already answered it. But from what you know now, your vantage point, and you alluded to the fact that for you to get to where you are, there was a lot of learning along the way. If you had a chance to whisper into young Andy's ear and give her some words of encouragement and guidance, what would you want her to know? May I read something to you that I wrote 30 years ago? And I yes, got this book yes, called yes. Work with Passion, How to Do What You Love for a Living. I mean, seriously, I have been- You, you wrote that 30 years ago? No, I didn't. I read it 30 years ago. Okay. And, uh, but there's an exercise in here that says, write your epitaph. Mm-hmm. And so I look back and this is the advice I would give my younger self, which is live, live, live. Let my passion for life live on through wherever, reach for your dreams. You can and deserve to be all you are. Don't hold back, climb every mountain and bask in the dark cloud as thoroughly and appreciatively as you bask in the sun. Especially that ending I just loved. Thank you. The hard times are just as good. They really are. They really are. I'm sure some of our listeners want to go, oh, I, I want to find out more what in, about what Andy Lines is doing. So where should they go to learn more about Startup Life or the vault on Bring Back Desire? Where would you like to send our listeners? AndyLyons.com will tell it all. A-N-D-E-L-Y-O-N-S.com. And if you love hearing startup stories and how folks got where they are, Join my meetup group, hop onto meetup group and type in Startup Life Live and join the meetup group to receive an alert whenever I go live. And if you want to see some really fun and naughty videos <laughs> delivered in just the gal next door style <laughs> about how to stay tuned in and turned on, 
go to YouTube and tap, type in Bring Back Desire, you know, because I have closed down the website, but uh, you'll find some really fun, inspirational things there. And certainly the Facebook page is still up and folks continue to share the meaningful memes on the Bring Back Desire Facebook page. Thank you so much, Andy. It was a pure pleasure for me to have this conversation. I thank you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And I'm delighted to share my story and honored to share my story with you and your listeners. Thanks. Like what you heard? Please go to myfourthact.com and subscribe to receive my updates on upcoming episodes. Please also subscribe to us on the platform of your choice. Rate us, give us a review. And let us all create some magical fourth acts together. Ciao.